all you faithful, all who are gathered here together, come and behold the one we have been waiting for. He is our hope in the darkness. He is the light of the world. Come and behold God's amazing love made flesh. Come and behold the Messiah is here. All you faithful, lift up your voices in praise. Let everyone everywhere know this good news of great joy. The Savior of the world is born. Come, let us worship him. Come, let us adore him. The Prince of Peace, the newborn King, Jesus Christ, the Lord. Why is Christmas important? Now, many of us may have different reasons for that, but ultimately we recognise that there is Christmas has some level of importance in our lives and in the world. And by the time we finish today, I hope will hopefully provide you a suggestion on why Christmas is important from a perspective that you may have never thought of before. But before we get to that, have you ever... Before, uh, I'm wondering if you have ever felt incredibly awkward, felt incredibly awkward when you greeted someone or someone greeted you, but the person that you're greeting feels very different about you the way that you feel about them. You know what I mean by that? I mean, if you come to uh, one end of the greeting spectrum, you might have a handshake, but have you ever shaken the hand of somebody and it feels like you're shaking hands with a dead fish, sort of a little bit like this. Ever felt like that before? You can tell somebody, look, I'll, I'll shake your hands with, with Neil here. You know, like we're greeting hands. Yeah, see, he's, he's trying to grip my hand, he's trying to rip it off. So Neil is not a dead fish handshaker, but some of us may know exactly what it's like when we actually shake hands with somebody. It's like shaking a dead, fi dead fish. You know, you can learn so much about what a person thinks about you by the way that they shake hands with you. You can learn a lot about a person themselves simply by their handshake. And it's almost like if you ever shake hands with somebody, it's like shaking a dead fish. It's almost like, why bother? Why bother shaking my hands at, at all? I mean, is that how much I mean to you? Is that how much respect for me that you have, that you, 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 you come and offer this to me? I mean, seriously, shocking. So that's one end of the greeting spectrum. At the other end is a hug. Am I like getting a hug? So many of us do, I'm sure, but have you ever been hugged by somebody who you don't want to be hugged by? Or when you come up and they hug you and you think, we don't have that type of relationship. And so, but yet nonetheless, they come and hug you nonetheless. And because you don't want to be hugged by them, it ends up being a little bit like this. 
that ultimately, you know, that our arms are dangling down by the sides while they're still embracing us, but we're, our, our arms are dangling and we're just counting the seconds until they release us so that we can go about our normal day again. You know, I wonder if it's true that when it comes to young people, like little kids, I wonder how many kids are actually a little bit like Sheldon here in the photo. When auntie, when, when the auntie comes up and throws her arms around her and the kids go, I don't want to be hugged by auntie here. Like, she smells strange. I don't want to be hugged by her at all. And so there's no hugging back at all. It's just dangling arms by the side until the hug is finished. But it got me wondering, if you were to meet God, what physical greeting would you want to give him? Perhaps a dead fish handshake? Or rather, what greeting would you expect to get from God himself if he was to meet you? You know, recently I came across some interesting findings from some research that was done by um, a company called Concord, which is a division of the Universal, what is it, the Universal Technical Institute in America, who published some research into what physically happens to us, the therapeutic benefit of actually hugging. And this is what the findings presented. It says the nurturing touch of a hug builds trust and a sense of safety between the two people who are hugging. And that allows them to, for open, more open and honest communication between the two people themselves, simply by the act of hugging. Also, hugs instantly boost oxytocin levels, which heal feelings of loneliness and isolation and anger. Hugging also lifts serotonin levels, elevating mood. In other words, hugs just make you feel better. Hugging also boosts self-esteem. And that all begins from when we are born. The, the more that we are hugged as a child, it does something within our nervous system that allows us, even as adults, to know that we are actually lovable people. And so it actually helps us with our loving ourselves, knowing through the act of being hugged by others, it actually helps us love ourselves. So it boosts our self-esteem. Hugging also relaxes muscles and releases tension in the body and can actually take away pain. Hugs soothes aches and pains by increasing blood flow to areas of soft tissue within the body itself. And so it provides, it, it actually helps in healing. Hugs also teach us how to give and receive love. They educate us about how love flows both ways. And hugs are very much like meditation and laughter. They teach us how to let go and simply be present in the moment. And the last thing that Concord found in their findings was that hugging encourages empathy and understanding between the two people that are hugging. So when you have hugged, or when you have been hugged by somebody that you want to be hugged by, how true are these lists in terms of your experience? How true is that? You know, I wonder how many hugs are going to be given today at Christmas time. Maybe already have been given today. But wouldn't it be amazing to think that our sense of connectedness at Christmas time can be amplified by simply to the extent to which we hug one another. Because when you have a look at this list here, perhaps the greatest present that we can give anybody this Christmas is simply a hug because of what it brings to them as well as the blessing it brings to you as well. Christmas is a sense of connectedness. And perhaps that sense of connectedness is best represented by simply giving of a hug. 
But I come back to my previous question. If you were to meet God, how would you want to greet him? You see, I'm not quite sure if you realize this enough, but God wants nothing more to embrace you, to give you a big old hug. In fact, all through the scripture, it tells about God's nature. And one of the things that the scripture affirms is that God is an embracing God. He is a hugging God. I mean, just a couple of examples from the Old Testament. The prophet Isaiah says this about God. He says, look at him. God the master comes in power, ready to go into action. Like a shepherd, he will care for his flock, gathering the lambs in his arms, hugging them as he carries them, leading the nursing ewes to good pasture. Now, clearly, the prophet Isaiah here is not talking literally about sheep. He's talking about ewes and me's. Yeah, thanks, Ed. That was a, that was a sympathy laugh, that one. <laughs> the prophet Isaiah is talking not about sheep. He's talking about people, about how God ultimately wants to hug us and embrace us. But not only that, another other great example of where this is affirmed in Scripture is Jesus telling of the famous story of the prodigal son. Now, if you know that story, it's a story where Jesus tells us about what God in heaven is like, what our Father in heaven is like. And in the story, he talks about a wayward son, a wayward son who goes off and says, Dad, you're dead to me. I want to go off and do my own thing. But one day, the son gets a a realization, comes to a revelation of exactly how great it was, how how great his father was, and he decides to come home. And in the action of that father, we get to see what God is actually like. And this is what Jesus says through the story. He says, when the son was still a long way up, the father saw him, his heart pounding. He ran out, embraced him and kissed him. So this is a scene then of incredible tenderness of a father coming and embracing, throwing his arms around his son, saying that, welcome home. You are loved. I'm so glad that you are here. This is an expression of a father towards his son as an expression of who God is towards his children. Now imagine for a moment that you had the opportunity to physically meet Jesus. What would happen if he came up to you and just simply threw his arms around you? You know, if we go back and have a look at this list again, tell me the impact that that hug would have upon you and your relationship with Jesus. I mean, let's look at the list again. Hugs build trust and a sense of safety. What would that do to your connectedness with God if he was to embrace you? Hugs heal feelings of loneliness, isolation and anger. Hugging makes you feel better. Hugging boosts your self-esteem. Hugging relaxes you and takes away pain. Hugs teaches us how to give and receive love. Hugging encourages empathy and understanding between the two people. See, according to this list, how would it change the way that you feel about God if God was the one hugging you? According to this list, how would it change about the way you feel about yourself if it was God who was the one who was hugging you? And according to this list, what would a hug from God do to help you feel about what is confronting you in life right now? Knowing that the one who hugging you is God himself. See, being embraced by God could be one of the most profound, profoundly transformational experiences that we could ever have in our life. So much so that the Apostle Paul, a little bit after Jesus' time, he spoke about this transformation that is possible within each of us. This is what Paul writes. He says, nothing now phases us because Jesus loves us. 
Get this, nothing phases us now because Jesus loves us. Because I'm absolutely convinced, he writes, that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way Jesus, our master, has what? Embraced us. Imagine a life where you can go through, imagine going through life knowing that nothing is going to separate you from the love of God. What would that do to transforming your complete outlook on life? It'd be incredibly transformational if we actually understood how much God wants to embrace us out of his love for us. But do you remember when, do you remember when you were a child and you did something wrong? Do you remember then how incredibly comforting it was when a parent or another significant person in your life came up and gave you a hug as you were dealing with the emotion and the implications of the things that you did wrong? Remember that hug and how incredibly reassuring it was that despite what you had done, you were still lovable. You know, sadly, many, too many people never received that love, that hugging love from a parent or for a significant other when they messed up. And that's all they wanted and that's all that they needed as a child. And because they didn't get it, that shaped so much of who they are today. But I don't know about you, but as we grow up, we grow out, we grow out of doing wrong things, don't we? Is that true? I don't know about you, but the older I get, I seem to be doing, making more mistakes. I seem to be messing up more and more than I was as a child. But yet, even though I'm growing up and I still make so many mistakes, the, the child within me is still wanting and needing that reassuring hug, that reassuring embrace from a, far, from a, from a parent saying, you are lovable. Despite what you have done, you are lovable. And I'm here and it's going to be Okay. See, that is something that each of us, as adults, we're still wanting and needing that so very much. And that is what God wants to do to you today in all aspects of your life. For you, even though that you're an adult now, for you to know that God is there to hug you, to embrace you, to tell you it's going to be okay and that you are still lovable regardless of what you have done. You see, God is not there to point an accusing finger at you or to turn his back on you or to reject you. In fact, God's disposition, his heart is actually to embrace you despite what may have occurred, despite what you may have done. You see, God's instinct is to hug you above everything else. So much so that the Apostle Paul puts it this way. He says, we all did it, all of us doing what we felt like doing. And we felt, when we felt like doing it, and all of us are in the same boat, he writes, it's a wonder that God didn't lose his temper and do away with a whole lot of us. Instead, immense in mercy and with incredible love, he embraced us. You know, nothing is more tender than an embrace by God when we come to him and acknowledge that we have fallen short. Because being embraced by God, that's his very nature. And that's what the, one of the main themes of the story of the prodigal son is about. It's about our father wanting to embrace us, throw his arms around us. So what we learn is that God is a hugging God. God is an embracing God. 
of you and of me, despite our shortcomings, despite our failings. Now, that all may seem interesting. It may more seem like an Easter message and a Christmas one. So how does all this relate to Christmas? Why we're here today celebrating. You may remember earlier that when we spoke about how we feel when someone comes up and hugs us, that we don't want to be hugged by, or being hugged by somebody where we go, I didn't think like we had that type of relationship. Remember this image here? You know, if God is a hugging God, if God is an embracing God, how do you become someone who wants to be hugged by God? Who allows yourself to be hugged by God and who actually wants to hug God back? Well, at the beginning of the service today, you may remember that we watched a video and the focus, one of the focus words on that is the word behold. In our beloved Christmas carol, Come All Ye Faithful, we see in the first verse, we see these words. It says, O come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant, O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. O come let us adore him, O come let us adore him, O come let us adore him, Christ the Lord. And again, in the beloved carol, we have, carol, we have the word behold. Mark, in the, in the words before, O holy night, there was behold. Edwina, in her reading, had the word behold. In this carol, we have the word behold. And in this carol, it's an invitation for us to come and behold the baby Jesus, the king of angels, the one to be adored. But behold is an unusual word, isn't it? One that we don't use very much these days, if ever. But behold is an incredibly profound word. Behold literally means to see or observe someone or something particularly of remarkable or impressive nature. And so the word behold is a word that compels us to draw close, to come near, to investigate, to find out for ourselves about something truly remarkable. And when it's used then in the context of Jesus, it's an invitation for us to draw close, to come near, to investigate, to find out for ourselves this remarkable birth, this supernatural occurrence of Jesus coming of God with flesh on coming into this world. Now, obviously, we cannot go and see the, main, see the baby in the manger physically ourselves. But whenever we say, whenever we sing the word behold, it is a reflection of what our intent is. I don't know why you're here today. Some of us, we have been bribed to be here today. I won't point fingers. Some of us have been felt obligated to be here today. Some of us are here simply out of family tradition. But have we actually come here to behold the Christ child? Or are we here for some other reason? You see, the answer to that question is the answer to my original question about why is Christmas important? You see, if we are not prepared to behold we will not be prepared to be held. See, if you don't behold Jesus at Christmas time, then chances are that you won't allow yourself to be held, but to be hugged by Jesus any other day of the year. In Edwina's and my family photo albums, we have a lot of photos of the time when our daughter Taylor was born. 
We have a lot of photos of family and friends coming to see this new addition to our family. And here's, here's some of them right now. This is a picture of our respective parents soon after Taylor was born. Now, in your family photo albums or on your phone or device or something like that, you may have photos of a similar nature of what happens when people come to see the newborn in your family. But it's interesting that whenever you come and see a newborn, somehow, inevitably, you end up holding the baby. Ever noticed that before? That you come so that then you hold. You come to see the newborn and then you end up holding it. But to show why Jesus is different to every other baby, when it comes to Jesus, you come so that you can be held. You come not for you to hold, but you come to Jesus so that you can be held yourself. See, you coming to behold, the Christ child says, I come because I ultimately want to be held by my Father in heaven because I know what an embrace, I know what a hug from him would mean. A hug of love, a hug of hope, a hug of forgiveness, a hug of comfort, a hug of reassurance, a hug of of affection. We behold so that we can be held. You know, I wonder... If why so many people in the world feel like this when it comes to God, when he wants to come and embrace us and hug us. The reason that many of us may feel like Sheldon in this photo is because we've never first come to behold the Christ child. We've come to Christmas celebrations, but have we come to behold the Christ child? You see, when... God tries to come and hold and hug us and embrace us. A lot of the time, said, I don't want to be hugged by you, God. Or I didn't think we had that type of relationship. You see, what we have to recognize is that without us understanding the love and desire of God, whenever He tries to embrace us, it's all just going to feel awkward and weird because we think, I didn't realize we had that type of relationship. You see, everything that God does in trying to express his love for you throughout your life, it's all going to seem weird unless you have first come to behold the Christ child. Because Jesus is the way that we understand that God wants to wrap his arms around you to tell you how much he loves you. Jesus is the way for you to understand how much God loves you and wants to embrace you. You see, we behold so that we can be held. And by allowing the reality of what it is that you're beholding in the Christ child, it says that I would welcome, rather, I would love to be embraced by God because of his love for me. Now, I don't know how you've seen Christmas up until this point, but my hope is after considering this today, that Christmas today and every Christmas hereafter is a day when you allowed yourself to be truly embraced by the God who loves you more than anything else. Because Christmas is, the coming of Jesus, is God's way of wrapping his arms around the entire world to say, I want to embrace you. I want to hug you. But will we allow ourselves to be hugged by God? 
We behold so that we can be held. Now, if you're someone here today who has never beheld Jesus before, but you want to have the experience of being held, you know, I have to say that for us guys in particular, this is a big one. Because we think that hugging is not manly. That we prefer the handshake, a good manly handshake. But you have to remember that when from a, little, a, a small child, all that we've really ever wanted to do is be hugged. To be affirmed that we are lovable. To be affirmed that it's going to be okay. To be affirmed that I'm with you. So if you want to have that experience of being hugged by God today, out of an expression of his love for you, and for you to actually welcome it, not wanting to have your arms dangling down by your side, but actually wanting to hug back, then today after the service we'd love to talk with you about how you can allow yourself to be enveloped, to have the arms of God wrap around you to tell you how much he loves you. If that's you today, then come and see me afterwards. So come let us behold. Come let us adore. Because that is what Christmas is about. And this is why Christmas is so important. So from Edwin and myself, from our family to yours, Merry Christmas. May your day be filled with lots of hugging amongst your family and friends. And may it be also that your heart is open to also appreciate and welcome the embrace, the hug of God towards you because of his love for you as well. Will you join me in prayer? Lord God, we give you thanks and praise that this morning, Lord God, we can celebrate the reality of Jesus coming into this world as an expression of an attempt by you to extend your arms and to embrace and wrap your arms around the whole world, including ourselves. Lord, we recognize the importance of Christmas, that we want to come and behold the Christ child so that we can be held by you. We behold so that we can be held. Lord God, I pray that for every single one of us here today, that that may bring a new, fresh perspective to what Christmas is about. Christmas is a lot about tradition. Christmas is a lot about family. But Lord, more than anything else, you as our Father in heaven, you want to embrace your children today, to hug them, to tell them how much they are loved by you. I pray, Lord God, that today may be a significant celebration of your attempt to tell us how much we are loved. Lord, may that go deep into our souls. May that go deep into our hearts and may be something that we reciprocate to you. That in your attempt to hug us, we hug you back out of love and affection we have for you, Lord God. We thank you so much for Christmas and the coming of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.